You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. I am so excited because this is a special podcast episode today. We are doing a live recording at the University of Oshkosh, and I'm so excited to be here again with Kathy, who is the director here of the Digital Marketing Clinic. And I'm so excited because we're talking about how this program that she has developed, it's been so amazing, how they deliver the top three digital marketing services to small businesses in need. So we are going to chat all about that today, and we are even going to take some questions from the amazing students here at the University of Oshkosh. And I know that businesses of all sizes need digital marketing in in such high demand, so this program is really a great program for small business owners. And today, again, we are going to talk about the top three services that young professionals need to learn to help their businesses. So the first thing that we're going to get into is talking about the honeypot of SEO. And I think you named that yourself, right? The honeypot of SEO. And why is it so important and such an amazing tool that businesses should definitely focus on? So the honeypot of SEO actually started in 2018 when I started this course. And the first thing I kept in mind is, a, is always having um, an eye out for the business owner. So I'm a practitioner myself, and I always try to put myself in the shoes of a small business owner and the challenges they face. So they face challenges in search engine optimization because there's hundreds of things that you can do. If you look it up online, there's all sorts of tutorials. There's all sorts of experts. There's like, where do you start? And oftentimes they get in the weeds and they think, well, I have to accomplish all of this and I'm going to outsource it only to not really know if you're getting quality work. So I distilled the honeypot, well, called it the honeypot of SEO. I distilled SEO into the top seven really important things to do on your landing pages. So distilling hundreds down to the first seven you should do And then going from there. And so in the classroom, the students learn the honeypot of SEO. And so then when they're interns and employees, they're implementing it for companies. And I named it the honeypot just because you think about bees and honey. It's all in the effort to get traffic to your website. I love that. And I think a lot of businesses don't know where to start. There's a hundred thousand things that they could start with. So Do you recommend starting with SEO right off the bat, or do you think that it's important to start with social media, or it can be integrated both? You have to start with SEO, because your social media should be an effort to drive people to your landing pages. And if you're driving them to landing pages that are not optimized, you are at deficient out of the gate because the whole other part of the aspect is when people search. So if people are searching for something that's important to you and you're not telling Google this is what our page is about in particular, you're you're at a loss out of the gate. Absolutely. I definitely think that that's so important. Now we're going to get some questions from our students. I have a question for you. How can I best apply all of these marketing skills into my internship? 
Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I definitely think that real life experience is going to help you when you go into the marketing world. So applying everything, you know, like SEO and email marketing, social media into the everyday things that you do. I think that will definitely help you. Um, I think it's important to understand, too, like where to start, um, not being so overwhelmed with starting with SEO and social media, email marketing, really owning in on the important aspects and taking it to another level there. So to add on that, at the end of this course, you're going to have impact statements based on what you learned in this class that you're going to include on your resume. And as it pertains to the honeypot of SEO, you know there's seven different areas. You know that you're going to have a keyword important to a small business. So you can actually show the improvement. You could say um, they were deficient on four of the seven areas and I helped them identify a keyword with high volume and low competition. Now you're starting to really speak the language of a marketer where that person that's in the position to hire you can actually see that you can make an impact on their own website. Uh, once we obtain these skills in SEO, how do we prove to employers that we have these skills, whether we're applying for internships or full-time employment? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I definitely think you can show some of your past work. So maybe if you've worked with a family member or a friend just to showcase what you're able to do. Also being able to show like your analytics and the things that you've been able to do, maybe from your own accounts, right? Maybe you have a website, maybe you have social media and you can just say, hey, these are some things that I have done. And even in my in school, these are some things that I have done in showcase. And this is how I can help your business reach the goals that you're looking for. One thing that uh, digital marketing students should have to showcase and you don't see it often enough is a digital portfolio. And so if you use Wix or whatever tool is best for you, you can then have a digital portfolio that attaches to your LinkedIn profile. And it's that one hub that somebody can actually see the work you've accomplished. It also showcases how you can communicate and how you can communicate visually and in, in, in written form too. How did you get into SEO? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm not an SEO like expert specialist. Um, I cover basic digital marketing and social media. But when it comes to SEO, I was a freelance writer. I started off in this space as a blogger. I hosted a blog on WordPress um, and I quickly learned the importance of SEO and how important it was to help my blog post rank. So I took interest in it and really leverage learning, you know, different headlines and different keywords to go into my um, blog posts. And also I wrote on the blog for a multi-million dollar beauty brand, which we leverage SEO and blogging to really help the brand with brand awareness. Um, and so if you type in the benefits of hot oil treatments for natural hair, there will be a post that comes up. Um, and I wrote that post for the brand it, and it's ranking number one or number two on Google, which is really, really good because Again, I took those skills and was able to help that company um, leverage their blog. How do you use SEO on a daily basis? So on a daily basis, right now how I'm using SEO is definitely on TikTok. I'm growing my TikTok um, platform. I have 128 followers as of today on this podcast, so I hope that I can reach a thousand pretty soon, but I'm using SEO on TikTok in my current business. 
um, with my clients, I am using blog posts to help build their SEO for um, to get them found via the Internet um, and on Google. So that's how I'm leveraging SEO for my clients right now. So now we're going to go into talking about social media planning, which is a huge component of many businesses. I think that many businesses struggle when it comes to planning because maybe they don't know what to do or what to post. So I know that in your program, you talk about different posting types, such as videos, infographics. What do you think is the most important type of post right now? I think video is definitely number one. Um, do you think that there are any other type of content types that businesses should, should focus on? I think businesses need to focus on creating what's called evergreen content, content that really doesn't age and can be repurposed many different ways. So it it does go back to the keywords. So as my students learn how to use the keyword research tool, we use keywordtool.io. They learn about the importance of a base keyword for their business, but also the related questions. So if a, a question is put into Google that has your keyword in it, it could be a blog post. And then as you write that content, you need to think as a marketer, how can I repurpose this content to make it interesting in many different ways? So if it's writing the blog post and then interviewing somebody with video from the podcast, blog post, um, doing quick video snippets of what the blog post is about, having great visuals, um, that takes away from the redundancy of constantly posting the same content um, about a post. So you are repurposing and developing um, a schedule to get your audience engaged with that content that you took all that time and energy to produce. So it's like kind of a build, building that scaffolding, you know, it's like you've got your base, you've got your foundation, and now you've got to grow beyond that. I like how you said that because the thing that I always talk about is you have to have a foundation before you can build a house. You have to have a foundation before you can even market. So it's important to have that in place before you even think about marketing your business. So that's great. I know you talk a lot about hashtag research as well. And I think that hashtags are a little less effective than they used to be, especially on Instagram. I think that they're more utilized best for categorizing content. So if someone is searching for um, Chicago ideas or something to do in Chicago, they'll look through that hashtag to find things to do. I'm from Chicago. That's why I said that. Um, so what do you think about hashtags when it comes to businesses? Should they focus on them more or should it, should they focus on other areas or should it definitely be a part of what their, um, their strategy is? Well, ha hashtags need to be written in their DNA. I mean, there's gotta be different categories that you continually use all the time and you're consistent about it. The first one is the branded category. So you're going to have a hashtag that is your brand all the time when you do a post on social media. You're going to have a hashtag that is related to that product or service that you're talking about. And then you should have a hashtag that has either some sort of emotional connection or connection with a trending topic or a specific day. So you think about it in those terms. First is your brand, then it's the service, and then it's something else special. So for me, um, the brand is UW Oshkosh. So I do hashtag UW Oshkosh in every post I do. 
Um, I do hashtag whatever I'm talking about in the post. So if it's social media marketing, that's what I say. And then hashtag Titan Pride is a given because we're the Titans here at UW Oshkosh. It's a, it's a point of pride and it's just kind of something to make you smile. Um, so people have gotten used to that when they see my presence on LinkedIn. And I'm not overbearing with hashtags. I don't have 20 to 30 because I think that really is, um, it, it spreads it too thin and it looks like you're trying too hard. Yeah, I think hashtag overstuffing is not the way to go. It maybe used to be in the beginning or a few years ago, but now it's definitely more strategic in the hashtags that you are using and focusing on. And I know another amazing thing that you all focus on that business owners struggle with is content ideas. I think that a lot of businesses come to me as well and say, I don't know what to post. What do I, you know, what do I post today? So you all have came up with caption templates. So can you explain a little bit about how that helps businesses? Right. So a caption template, you all, you're going to base it on your keywords. So you have to make sure your keyword is actually in, in that um, caption, what it, what that um, post is about. Um, and then with a purpose, I mean, you should be driving people to your website most of the time when you're doing uh, social media posts. And then um, you need to have, tell them what to do next. I mean, tell them what to expect if they click. So, um, so there is a science behind it and there's a structure, but also there's a creative art to writing. And so um, if you are good at writing, you can develop that skill set. Caption templates will get easier and easier to develop. That's awesome. I think captions and content ideas are so, so important. So I'm so glad to hear that you're helping businesses with that. So now we have a few questions. Uh, yeah. Do you think a marketer should focus on one platform or spread out their efforts on several? Oh, that, that's a great question. I, I think that you should focus on a few first to start off with, especially the ones that you've researched and you know that your ideal client or customer is on. Maybe that's Instagram. Maybe it's Pinterest. Maybe it's LinkedIn. But not starting with all of them because we want to know or we, we should realize that all of the platforms have different properties and different things that they focus on. Like Pinterest, for instance, that would be really good if someone was searching a blog post, right? Or a recipe. Um, so really owning in on where your current clients are, I think that would be the best way to figure out which platforms you should focus on. I would agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, Understanding also the analytics, um, which, you know, the other course I teach is all based on analytics. So understanding what um, traffic it, it is going to your site, how they're getting there, what content is important. I think that drives a lot of your decisions. And also, um, you know, making that strategic decision on where you can reach th the highest percentage of your audience and then kind of dividing out your time accordingly. How can you achieve high engagement and through which channel would you use? Oh, I think high engagement happens when you engage with other people on social media. It's called social media to be social. So I think that when you go above and beyond and reach out to customers and actually in, interact with them, then they will interact with your content. Um, I think for the best platform or channel, it just depends. Um, for instance, if you have a podcast, the way to engage with people or the way for them to engage with you is to leave a review, right? So you as a podcaster could, in your podcast, say, hey, this is a review from X, Y, and Z, and I'm responding to that. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of different ways to engage and a lot of different platforms to think about. But again, going back to where your customers are, I think 
that's the platform that you should focus on engagement with. I agree with that. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, the analytics, you're going to get um, insights on what matters to them. And, and don't forget about the traditional parts of marketing too. So asking customers, have you been on their social media channels? What, what have you thought is, is been effective? Um, just don't uh, diminish the power of just connecting with your customers and asking for their opinion. Yeah, so I was wondering which social media platform do you think is the most difficult to work with and why? Oh, this is a good question. I'll say the, the platform right now that I think is most difficult to work with is Instagram because it, it changes every single day, every single minute. And I think it really is hard for small business owners to keep up with. I think that my advice would be just to lean in again on the content that really resonates with your audience. So looking at your analytics and seeing what people are resonating with, because it's going to change again, right? We were, it was all, all picture focused platform and now it's video focused. So I think um, staying with the trends and just really researching the best practices, I think will help. But right now I think Instagram is one of the most difficult platforms. I would um, agree. And also, um, you know, it's, there are so many platforms. Again, it's that constantly feeling dialed in and having to keep on top of everything can be exhausting. So, you know, burnout in the career is certainly real. Um, and then you just have to go back to, okay, what can I accomplish today? I got to go back to my schedule. I got to go back to what I have as evergreen content and just um, stay the course. How do you find trends before it's too late? Oh, I think finding trends before it's too late, you have to be on the platforms because things change quickly. I think TikTok is a really amazing place to find out what's trending first, because how I've seen it happen is it'll happen on TikTok and then it'll come over to Instagram. I think TikTok is very popular right now and a lot of trends happen there. I also think staying up to date with the latest um, information like Social Media Today or Neil Patel or the Digital Marketing Institute, I think those places will help you stay on trend with the latest things that are going on. I ask my students. I have 60 students, about 60 students every semester. And I can't keep track of everything, but I listen and I ask them. I ask the interns at our clinic because you'll identify a trend probably before I will. But then what I can provide with you is where can we make that connection where it actually can associate with a brand? How can we be creative? So I think it's a two-way street. and That's why I enjoy teaching so much as you guys help me keep current too. Yeah, I know all the Gen Z, know, they know all the trends, all the trends. So now we're going to talk about digital asset creation because I think that is very and a very important piece of overall marketing and digital marketing in general. So businesses understand that they need the digital asset creation, but it comes to the point where who's going to create that piece, right? So there's video, there's graphics, there's all these things. So where do you say that businesses should really own in and start when it comes to creating the digital assets for their business? I think they need to assess their social media presence and um, ask others 
especially the young generation, what are we doing well? What do we need to improve on? For example, at the clinic, we served um, a restaurant and they simply to promote a chili special took a pretty unappetizing picture of chili in a crock pot. So they were quickly doing a post. Um, it's taking the chili out of the crock pot, put, putting it in a bowl, putting a dollop of sour cream on it and a little bit of herbs and taking a picture in portrait mode. Now for the young generation, that all makes sense, right? But not everybody picks up on that. And so we identified that in their feed and said, here is an example of how you could display that. Simple with that, but highly effective. Video, video will be a challenge in the real world because most times I've asked clients to do a video or even say that their video, they have a great video presence. They would have a great video presence. They, it's usually met with um, uh, some pushback because it, it's hard. It's hard to take that leap to say, oh my gosh, I'll be on video. Um, but if you create the content and say, here's the plan, I mean, that takes some of that apprehension away. So video is so important, but again, tie it back to a purpose. And then graphics. So graphics can be a challenge for small businesses who don't have any graphic design skills. So starting with a program like Canva in doing templated designs can offer a lot of good solutions for a business. Yeah, I think that Canva is the number one tool that businesses should use if they don't have any design experience at all. So thanks so much for touching on that. So do you think that businesses should start with video? They should look at their overall assets and then move forward? Or should they start with Canva first if they have no video experience? That's just one question I want to ask. I think they should start with the images make improvements on the images, get comfortable with it, know your limitations. So I had a, a very um, wise business owner tell me years ago um, that she knew what she was good at and she outsourced the rest. And so you have to make a commitment. If you feel you know what needs to be done and it is not something you want to do on your own, you're going to have to make a financial commitment. So, and then it's like kind of start with the images start with your photos, and then move in to, to the video. Awesome. So now we have some questions from our students. What are a few of your career highlights? Oh, this is a good question. So a few of my career highlights. One thing that I can really say was super awesome is that I got the opportunity to partner with um, – a brand where me and my family got to go to Florida for a trip. So I'm an influencer. And so being able to partner with different brands that fit my business or fit my brand was really exciting. Um, I got to partner with McDonald's before. That was pretty awesome. Um, one of my most recent accomplishments was I got to speak on stage um, at a conference for real estate professionals. And it was really cool because I got to talk about the metaverse, which is so new. And so many opportunities have come from that. So I have so many, but those are like the top three that I can think of right now in my career. Um, what platform should I learn to improve my digital marketing skills? Excuse me. Oh, YouTube. Because YouTube is YouTube University. I think that YouTube has a lot of really good information just about digital marketing and marketing in general that if you wanted to learn anything, you could do it there. 
Um, I think that TikTok is also another great platform as well. But also, again, the Digital Marketing Institute and those type of platforms that have those classes. Even Udemy has classes that are like $30 that you can take on Facebook ads or email marketing that can really help you um, leverage your skills. I was wondering what advice you have in acquiring design skills. My advice for acquiring design skills is leverage Canva in every single way possible that you can. I think that Canva is a really good tool if you don't have any design experience in particular. Um, and then, I, again, YouTube. YouTube is a really great platform that you can search for almost anything. When I started, I did not have any design experience. I just literally jumped headfirst into Canva, probably when Canva first came out. I think that it's pro it's totally different. I mean, there wasn't video. There wasn't PowerPoint slides. There weren't there wasn't any of that. I think it was just simple Instagram or Facebook. And now they've come up with so many different specs, so many different um, ways that you can create content for your audience. So I think that Canva is just a really great resource all around. Be inspired by the world around you. Um, my daughter has a, a wall in her room that just is simply um, concert posters and photos and ads that speak to her. And so that's a great place to start is just consume the content um, as both aesthetics and marketing. And then also, if you want to move beyond the online learning, highly recommend that you take a design class. That, you know, now's the time that you can um, carve a path and, and learn. And the cool thing about creating those projects and design classes, you're going to be inspired by other, other people and their work as well. So, you know, decide what area of marketing on the creative side is your passion and kind of feed that um, in many different ways. Awesome. This was such a great and amazing episode with so many amazing questions from the students here at the University of Oshkosh. And make sure you all check out the program here. If you're a small business and you're looking to develop your online presence, definitely check out what Kathy has going on here at the University of Oshkosh. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.